Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnotthaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, friends. If you enjoy the show, you can support us on Patreon on the Cashing In with TJ Miller page on Patreon. We sure appreciate your support. And it's a good place to send us a message or send us a maskers or maybe get some bonus audio. So check that out. Also, if you've been listening for a while and you have a favorite episode, if you could pass along that episode to a friend and hook them up with the show, we sure would appreciate it. We'd love to get at least, we always want to maintain at least 12 and a half listeners. So thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with TJ Miller. A lot of people think we don't get as nasty as we can on the show. They think we don't get as nasty as we want to be or as we're capable of. And I'm just saying... We get really nasty, and I, I have to defend. I take umbrage. I take umbrage with the idea that we don't get as nasty as we can. The nastiness we that we, the nastiness that we do get, get into. It's off the charts. Is it's, look, it's as nasty as we want to be, and we're not saying we we're going to get as nasty as we can. Oh, can we get a lot nastier? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Do we want to? That's. Do you, do you think other people when you no longer want to get more nasty? And do you think then, other people? Uh uh-uh, uh. Do you think? Uh uh-uh, uh, Betty. Think, I want you to turn your ass around and get out of the saloon. <laughs> get your ass back in that carriage and take it back to the farm. Do you think that other people would prefer that we get more nasty than we're getting? Because I don't think there's. I think we've already reached the limit of their patience with our nastiness. Well, what they're doing too is they're talking about us getting as nasty. As they want us to be. Oh, I see. But they're not factoring and in what we need. Just that's just not how I run things around mm-hmm. these parts. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I get just as nasty as I want to be. You don't I, play that way. Is I, that what you're saying? You don't play that way. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. <laughs> um, I was I was laughing about how at one point I think we were talking about getting nasty at home, and it really sounded less silly. Mm-hmm. Sounded really actually more nasty, like not yeah. funny nasty, yeah. but yeah. So I'm glad we're back to just talking about nastiness in the abstract sense, and how we only get as nasty as we want to be. Yeah, some people try to get nasty, but they don't 
get nasty. Mm-mm. Not like we do. I mean, if you listen to the show. They don't get as nasty as they want to be, you know? No. They just get as nasty as other people tell them to be. Yeah. They're they not, get half as nasty as they want to be, and then yeah. they yep. they hit the brakes, Cash. Look, you have to be, in the end, you have to be able Them's to live the with. Them's the brakes, and they yeah, hit them. Them's the brakes. You have to be able to live within your own skin. And that's something that a lot of people say. And and we really don't have a lot of a choice in that, do we? No. What other skin can we live in, really? Well, and we can't live outside our skin. That's not going to work at all. I mean, that would there look, are times that would be, a, that would be nastier than I want to be. But there are times if when my we, muscles and my my skeleton were on the outside of my skin, that'd be a right, mess. But TJ, there are times where we have. We live outside our bodies. We have out of body experiences. Yeah. Have you ever? Have I've, you ever had, had one of I've those? had a few, just a few, in other people's bodies experiences, and that primarily happens with my wife now. But I have yeah. had one or two <laughs> inside of other people's body experiences. We actually, I guess enter those were other people's bodies. In some yeah. ways, they're out of body experiences for me. But I was still in my body. I was just also in another person's body. And I've never been in two bodies at once, but uh, I've gotten close. Um, remember the time where I, I saw you having an out-of-body experience, but that body had no place to go. And so it just it kind of hung out at the drive-thru window for a while. I noticed that, and then it kind of retreated back into your body because you when need I a place that, to put your body. When you, yeah, when that's, you, yeah, that's when I had the— When you're living outside your own skin, you need a place to put your that's own That's when I had the greatest Baconator. I, I ate that and had an out-of-body experience. <laughs> that's the explanation. And uh, yeah. my body was just sitting in the car, listening to tunes. When I took off out of the body, I put on some smooth jazz, and uh, my body just kind of sat there with cars behind it honking, but it can't do anything. I'm not in there. So <laughs> it's just sitting there like a goddamn meat puppet. Yeah, which, yeah, which is... And nobody Listen, wants to be called that. Nobody wants to be called a meat puppet. It's, it's a very uh, discouraging thing to be called, especially at a wedding. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't want to say, <laughs> do you, meat puppet, take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Now, let me ask you, Teach. Do, do you, meat puppet, take this yeah. human sock to be your lawfully wedded <laughs> hog tied? Do you, um, $30 pig? Okay. So I was, I was, I was hiking. I was on a uh, hiking with my kids, and where uh, were you? Where were you? Wherever you are now, where um, were you? We were hiking, and we saw a big giant mushroom. And yeah. Wynn was asking me if yeah. if we could eat it. And of course, I told him, you know, you got to know a lot about mushrooms to know which ones to eat. Some of them are poisonous. Some of them taste tasty, and they're good. And you put them on your. Yeah. Uh, Put it on your pizza. And then there's others that, and this just blew his mind. He actually stopped hiking and turned around. He goes, what do you mean? I go, there's other mushrooms that, you know, uh, you can eat and you kind of feel funny. He's like, what? He stopped. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you, you can kind of see things like that you normally wouldn't see even. Like your, your mind creates tricks for you to enjoy. Really? He's like, what? Really? And I go, yeah, you know, like, he's like, what, what? I'm like, well, because he's really obsessed with wolves right now. I'm like, you know, your mind, you've been thinking about wolves a lot. You might think that there's wolves and trees all around us right now. He's like, that sounds really fun. We should do that. <laughs> and so I'm like, basically, I'm sort of pitching psychedelic mushrooms to my uh, seven-year-old. And I didn't mean it to go that way, but that's where it went. I'm well, like, would you, know, you ever, here's the question. Would you ever do them with him? 
because there's a big possibility that it could be a bad trip and that would ruin exactly i would never do them with him i even told him i go look when he's older no i just i said you know these things can go south on you i go you know you're taking a risk the people that say they really know what's going to happen when they eat these types of things they don't really know for sure and your brain could never be the same you could have those problems and he's like really i'm like yeah you can you can kind of mess your brain up so if you're feeling pretty happy anyway uh you know no reason to i'm like you, you might as well just i'm like we have dreams too that's the thing people forget we dream we go to sleep at night and we have dreams we dream all this stuff but people are like i gotta eat some mushrooms why don't you just go to sleep you might <laughs> you might have a great i love that theory right? now, you you, might, what's your policy on parents doing drugs with kids <laughs> Uh, I it's a negative. It's a no. Because I, no. I went on a trip with my father. <laughs> Did you really? No, no, no. An acid like, trip? No. <laughs> you you really are nasty. <laughs> my dad, man. You know what? You are, you, dad came home for Christmas. <laughs> all right. You are way nastier than I ever thought you yeah. could be. We went on a trip, and it was where I could legally drink. Okay. In Germany. Yeah. And uh, I thought, this is gonna, great. I'm going to get drunk with my father. And he did. He did not want to do that. That was not what this was about. Yeah, and that's because he was in a different place in his life, where drinking meant something different. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was eighteen or whatever, and um, I was a real bummer for me. I remember that because I didn't get like super drunk one night. And he remained sober. We just were having drinks, and I think at one point I was like, "Should we have another beer?" He was like, "No." And I thought, boy, I thought this was going to be a real bonding experience. But I can't see myself wanting to, you know, get... I've gotten a little drunk with my older sisters who are, like, in their 50s. Um, But, yeah, I don't see myself ever really getting too crazy with, um, uh, you know, with parents. So I was wondering what your policy on that. Kate's been talking a lot about... Are we going to be on the same page with parenting? And she's been thinking about kids a lot, which I guess is going to be one of the side effects of this pandemic is couples, some will get divorced or break up and some will uh, actually have kids. They'll go in and right. have children. And do mushrooms with them eventually. Oh. But um, and get really nasty with them get do that's nasty what i'm nature. looking to do what what was let's move it along to essential question of human nature because we're going to jump around on this show since it's wild and it's nasty as we need it to be essentially this is essential questions of human nature this is called a wild card classic it's a wild card classic where we just jump around to way. different topics daddy came home for memorial day all right <laughs> Or or July Fourth weekend, Daddy came home for that. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. What, what was your first uh, R-rated movie uh, with your? Was that with your dad, like uh, in the theater? Because mine was. Jeez, in the theater, I can't remember at all. Because it was, was a big, big moment for us walking down the street with my dad in San Francisco, and uh, and at the time and, you were you were six, right? Weren't I was you really young, old? actually. I was really young, and this is going to date me. I'm sure people will look it up. Like, I wonder how old this guy really is. But um, I was really young, much too young to see this movie. But he had that sort of like, I'm going to make my kid into a man right now. He was like, buddy. Really? He goes, you want to watch this movie? You want to watch uh, Animal House? And it was, it was Animal House. Wow. And I was like, 
wow, okay. And I was so stoked. And that movie, it was a special memory for me. I'm, I'm glad he, we did it that way. Now, here's the thing. They didn't have R-rated movies on television back then. I'm sure there, you know, there were, I, so it was special to go to a theater and it was like, a, it was a big event to do well, that. they don't really have R-rated movies on television now. If it's not HBO, well, they edit it. But what I'm saying is my kids saw, and we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the Jordan documentary, but my kids saw the Jordan documentary yeah, and there was more that. swearing in that. There was more swearing in that, in that documentary than any movie I ever saw at that age. I'm just saying that <laughs> that was on ESPN and it, you know, it was sort of like, now I know there's a clean version they're showing on ABC or did show. Well, I but, saw uh, that. We watched the edited version, but it's just, they, it's the same thing, but they bleep out all the cuss words. Well, also there's not, there's the, they, they cut a whole episode with the dancers and the whole thing. Is that true? No. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was excited. I was about to get ESPN Max. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, that's a real nasty version. If you want to talk that's about the nasty one, if you keep nasty, talking about getting as nasty as you want to be, I want to be that nasty. Um, you know, I know it's going to be. You know, when we release this, it's going to be months since the. You know, the Jordan documentary. But did, did it make you? I felt. I felt sad for him at the end of it. It's weird. Well, I, I didn't expect that. it to feel that way. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, we kind of actually. He paid a pretty dear price to to be as great as he was. I'm gonna watch the uh, watch the final episode again. We would sort of binge it, and I'd fall asleep. You were you were purging it too, weren't you? I would binge it, and then I would purge it. So I would just purge the thoughts of it and the memories, <laughs> and then go back in and binge. Yeah. Um, I kind of uh, I, I I didn't know a lot of that. I, I sort of. I remember him from the shoes and, you know, I didn't even see the flu game. I didn't watch a lot of basketball growing up. Um, but when I did, I remember seeing he was really something. I don't think I ever saw him live at a game. Um, but I just remember him from McDonald's commercials and Gatorade and all that stuff, and I didn't even totally remember. I saw the Utah Jazz. I guess I did see the flu game, you know, but I definitely – I was actually a Jazz fan right when they were starting to get to the level where they could play the Bulls. But I um, um, I, uh, I just wasn't aware of something that, that I thought was important for me to see, which was – kind of what you say which is just you know people build you up only to tear you down and when mm -hmm. that guy wrote mm -hmm. jordan's rules about him yep and when it's the cycle of celebrity it's yeah when, when they said oh you know you're uh you know you you won't back up this black politician and you're saying republicans buy shoes too and that was some offhanded he was just trying to make people laugh and kind of make fun of how much he does endorsement stuff and um, they really went after him at a certain point in his life. And like it's been for me and Kate, uh, we really have seen, um, you know, our lives take a turn for the more isolated. And that's, well, and, and that, and that's he, yeah. I don't know if that's what you're talking about when you well, say. That, yeah, I mean, the fact he couldn't go out, he, he was a rock star on a level where he couldn't go out. So he had to hang out with his uh, security guards. Those were his best friends. And yeah. it was interesting to watch that and, and, and how isolating. After yeah. his father died, one of them was a yeah. father figure too. Yeah, and, and how isolating that was. And what you're saying is, is, is I mean, if he had experienced his level of celebrity now, I mean, with social media the way it is, 
it would have been even more devastating. It's just people waiting to just take pot shots at you. And uh, I've It'll watched it. With, I've, it's, you know, fact, it's. Um, this is actually a good segue into a story that I wanted to tell, but um, because the 12 and a half, I can kind of trust to tell the story to. But I, um, I just, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I really didn't remember when he got taken down. I think that was more for adults that might read a tabloid type of book. And, you know, the, when he, the part where he's in the hotel room and he's saying, you know, this is the only time I really get to relax and just be by myself. And um, all that stuff is really hard, but it's kind of part of the deal that you're making with the public. Um, but two things, one, and I may have mentioned this to you, uh, my mother told a story for years where a friend of hers went to Hawaii and he was at the same hotel and he was in the elevator with my mother's friend's son, who was probably eight at the time or something, just idolized Jordan. And he got in the the elevator and he said, can I have your autograph? And Michael Jordan said, I don't really do autographs when I'm on vacation. I'm sorry, kid. And my mother told that story for years saying, what a jerk. I mean, how could you do that to this kid that just wants a signature on your, and when you see that, that, that documentary, you really understand how he can't. And I I've done this. I mean, if I'm in a heated discussion with Kate and, Somebody comes up and asks for a, a picture. Both of us will sort of go, no, we're we're in the middle of something, man. I can't take a picture with you now. And you know that that guy for the rest of their life is Absolutely. like, I met TJ Miller asking for a picture. And he was such a dick. He and his fucking bitch wife were like, no, fuck you or whatever. It's, you know, and you have to kind of get to a point where you stop thinking about those people for your own sanity's sake. Um. But I saw a lot of that in his life at a level that I could never even imagine. I mean, no well, one. And they didn't, yeah, and they but didn't have to be recognized by every single person. It's weird. Today, I got the COVID-19 test and the antibodies test. And the swab actually wasn't as bad as I thought Did it was. Did you get the out-of-bodies test? I got the antibodies and I got the pro-bodies test. So Did I you got get the, the nasty test? If it's antibody or pro-body, and I'm hoping it comes back pro-body because I'm not feeling great about my... What if your doctor calls you? I've got the, I've got the so biceps of a, of a serious weightlifter and the stomach <laughs> of a cheese wedge storage unit. So uh, uh, but I got that, and the, the woman said, you know, you sound like an actor at the end of it. She yeah. said, you just remind me of an actor. And I said, yeah, I mean, I get that a lot because I am that actor. I'm a comedian... And I'm in, and she goes, no way, really. And you know, what gave it away was the voice because Kate said, oh, you could tell just from his eyes, just from the section of his forehead. And she goes, no, you know, it's your hair, but it was your voice. And that's been an interesting thing about wearing a mask everywhere is no one recognizes me. There's no yeah. one. Yeah. I take off my mask so rarely in public that no one ever is like, hey, you're TJ. So that's disappeared from my life for the last three months. It's very strange. Um, uh, but you know, when I go out, there are, you know, in New York, you pass by hundreds and hundreds of people who don't recognize me or know who I am. He was at the level where everywhere he went, everyone recognized him. 
He just was that famous. He, I think one of the journalists said he was the most recognizable person on the face of the earth at one point. And you know, there's just no way yeah. that's going to go well. And it was right. all because he wanted to be the best basketball player of all time. You know, yeah. which I think is also frustrating. But so, um, so I had, talking about social media, I had this really difficult situation. You know, more and more I have become isolated and I no longer talk to my cousin and I no longer talk to my sister. And I have, you know, these family members and people that just, it's easier for them to not have a relationship with me than to have a relationship with me. And in some ways, especially people in my family that are trying to do something similar to what I'm doing. I think it's easier just to, you know, it's easier to hate somebody than love them, but it's easier to not look at me and have sort of a mirror held up to how they feel about the success of their career. Right. When they see the success of my career. Um, but it was, uh, it was very interesting because, you know, with all this stuff, and I really haven't been on social media, uh, and I, I probably won't go on for another couple of weeks because um, there was, you know, my agent in California mentioned Blackout Tuesday and are people not going to go to work? And I kind of didn't know what he meant. I thought just in California, people were saying, let's not work on Tuesday in support of the protests, right? And this last week... I posted a couple things on Twitter, you know, just to be funny. Uh, and one of them I said, you know, I, I didn't want to add to the noise, but uh, I've been laughing all day at this. And then I did sort of these pictures of this guy that I'd found that was really funny. And my friend from high school, who full disclosure used to be a girlfriend, but my friend from high school said, um, you know, you... She texted me and she was like, I've made myself very angry and upset about your post. And how could you do this? And I'm so disappointed. And it kind of went on and on. And, and she um, basically berated me or at least told me that I was making her feel horrible or that she was making herself because of something that I did feel terrible and disappointed and disgusted and whatever. I'm paraphrasing, but that was, I kind of came out of the blue and I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked online and I saw that people on Instagram were posting just black squares in support and that Blackout Tuesday was supposed to be everybody only talking about Black Lives Matter or not talking at all. And I didn't know that because all I'd been doing it with social media was, I was, I'm not reading comments right now. I don't want to hear you know, anything negative right now. This is just a terrible time for that. So to keep our own sanity, Kate and I have only been posting. We haven't been intaking any social media. There's enough news to worry about, you know, where you don't need to, um, you don't need to have, I don't need to be reading what everybody thinks about everything. I'd rather just trust journalists for a little while. And uh, so I deleted the posts and then I, kind of against my will because I just would have said nothing but against my will I sort of um, uh, then posted you know a black square and just kept that up there and um, 
then I explained to her, you know, I, I'd just been posting and not reading and I didn't know what was going on online. And she said, well, I'm, I'm glad that I was right with my generous assumption that you, um, you know, that you just didn't know what was going on and that I was wrong, sort of saying that I was wrong about you or just a terrible person who didn't give a fuck about black people or black lives matter and didn't care to use your platform as, so she explained that, you know, I hope with time you'll figure out the words to talk in, for black people and it will be uncomfortable and it will be difficult, but it'll be worth it. And just this whole tirade. And she's she's Mexican and she is an activist. Her father was a big activist. Her mother was an activist. And so I sort of actually thanked her. I said, you know, I wouldn't have known about this if it wasn't for you. I think I got 232 comments being like, fuck you, you piece of shit, you know, just terrible stuff. And, and then it just bothered me so much because I realized like, how could this person assume that I'm a terrible guy and call herself my friend? I don't know any other friends that would sort of attack me um, and say that I made them feel horrible because now they think I'm this terrible it just, it didn't make any sense. And then I started to get angry because she had said, you know, people of influence are supposed to like you. And I was like, nobody is reading my Twitter to hear what I think about black voices. It's just, I'm a comedian. That's the whole point. I'm trying to make people laugh and be happy in the midst of tragedy, not uh, shift gears and become an activist for black people in America. That's not what... I don't have an audience that's particularly black, judging by the people that come to my shows. I don't have a, a brand or a persona that is particularly serious and that people would look to me like Sarah Silverman for resources and things like that. And if I did, I would be posting about things that people could do or links to resources for them, not just like a black square. Like, what does that do if a white guy is like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing everybody else is doing. It's basically nothing. It's literally the representation of nothing. It's just darkness. And uh, so I called her back and kind of unloaded on her and said, you know, you don't know anything about my platform. You don't know what it's like to be a celebrity. You said that I made you feel this. And she goes, no, I said I made myself feel like. And I said, okay. Okay, you know, all right. But this, this is just, you're acting like you just don't even know me. And you're saying I made this generous assumption that you weren't a piece of shit and a terrible guy. Generous. And it's like, I don't know if I'll ever be friends with her again. I mean, I consider her one of those like lifelong, you know, known each other since high school friends. And celebrity and... You know, this pandemic and this How long were you dating? Protests. You know, I think we dated for a year or two. It was an interesting and complex and fun um you know, relationship. You've been in touch ever since. What's that? And you've been in touch ever since. Yeah, and we yeah. we we share a circle of friends that um we're all really close with them. But, you know, she doesn't really have a boyfriend or anything and our other closest friend just had her second kid. And I'm obviously married and the lives are diverging a little bit, but more than anything, more than that, it's kind of like, and Kate felt very uncomfortable at her sort of reacting this way and, and judging me in the way that she did. 
And it's like, that just seems to happen now every six months that it just, it's easier to completely cut someone out of your life than try and explain to them how well, complex it is. Well, one reason is, one, yeah, one reason, sorry to interrupt, but one no, reason. No, and you know what? Now that you interrupted me, I think it's better if we stop talking, we end <laughs> the podcast. But one reason that, that, that this happens is the reverse of what you did. You called her and discussed it. I think just anytime you put something in writing and people get more and more comfortable with that because of social media and they put things in writing, which can be misinterpreted. It can be completely, uh, you know, even 10 minutes later, you put something in writing and you read it yourself and you're like, that's not really what I meant. That sounded wrong. And we're not going to get better at that as a species, putting things in writing uh, and then trying to defend it later. It's best just to talk things over with people. That's the thing that did she have your phone number? I mean, that's yeah, the thing course. you do there. That's the thing you do there. You know what I mean? Do you, did she publicly post that she was disappointed? No, she just texted me. But, you know, okay, she texted I, you. even then, though, it's in writing. Members have gone to my parents and said, will you tell TJ? Not to post about me. I'm not going to have an argument with anyone I care about in writing. Yeah, but I, I, or, if I care about them, triangulating yeah. to try and get yeah. somebody else to get yeah. my parents to tell me not. And with that situation, I texted her and said, "You have both of my phone numbers, right? I mean, you have. You can call me. You can text me directly. Don't go behind my back and talk. Just be like." A person about it and kind of no response back but i think a lot of people it's just easier to kind of not deal with it than to actually deal with it and one of those situations was really sad because kate and i realized if this person had been working with me and i was paying him which had happened throughout his career if i had any work to give him he would have worked it out you know uh mm -hmm. he would have called me but because I didn't have anything to offer him and his livelihood did not depend in any way on me, he thought it was easier just to sort of cut me out of his life completely. And so it's been, you know, that was the thing that hit me for the from the documentary was how much my life has become, I don't want to say sadder, but and maybe lonelier, but not really lonelier just more isolated and more and without and Kate and I often have conversations or arguments about how, you know, she has a fair amount of friends. She's got like five or 10 friends and I really only have three or four friends. And in terms of close friends who I actually talk to, I've got, you know, three or four, maybe tops. Well, and we talked about this on another show. I think it was a, a, a Patreon episode, which we released, which was quite personal. Uh, and if you if you haven't heard some of the Patreon episodes, and we appreciate your support, by the way, uh, from the patrons. Um, I mean, so much to us. I mean, this last month, that yeah. sort of saved. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of our conversations during one of those episodes Thank was that. Budget. Even $3, yeah. $5. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. But. One of, the, one of those episodes we talked about how I don't think you even need more than three. You need a, you, you need a significant other and then uh, maybe two or three friends because you only have so much time. I, I'll tell you one thing that 
I mean, the other thing that reminds me of, of Michael Jordan when I look at you is just the amount of flu games you've had. I mean, I've seen you. Uh, you say, I mean, you're your three-point shot. You, well, that from downtown, right. yes. From downtown, yes. From downtown. Uh, you, you, you really like him. A lot of I, go, I go hard in the paint <laughs> is what I do. Uh, down low, you're a monster. By that, you really by, are. By that I mean you're when a, I'm painting, You know what? I you're a load. I'm house you're painting. Load. I go yeah. hard in the paint. <laughs> you're a load. I put my erection in, in the paint before I use it to paint the house. I go <laughs> hard in the paint. Um, let's move it along to practical living in a modern age. Can we, can we do that? Huh? You were going to talk about flu games. Well, the flu games, you have a lot of flu games. I've seen you on stage where you're not feeling hundred percent, but when you get up on stage, uh, something happens to you. And, uh, um, that, that flu game was the most inspirational thing to me in terms of, uh, you know, when you talk to your kids, if they don't feel 100%, you really do have some of the best games of your life when you're not 100%. Um, well, you, talk, you know, you talk about that a you lot. Just focus with us, more. You focus more. I've seen you exhausted, crisscrossing the country. Yeah. You have to get up after these shows, two shows on a Saturday night, get up at 6 a.m. to fly to the next place, to do a corporate, which is not going to be easy, and you still kill it. And so that is something that both of us do is, you know, no matter how well we're feeling, you just sort of have to deliver. You can't, for me, it's, you can't know. can't feel sorry for yourself. And it really makes you more I've focused. Had, I've had five or 10 times that I have been throwing up before a show and just focused very intently on not throwing up during the show. And yeah. then as soon as the show is over and I give 100%, I go immediately to the bathroom and vomit. It's, it's and vomit. Really- and vomit accurately into a trash can from behind from, the three-point three line point from downtown. Yes. Slush. Slush. The three-point line flush. Flush. Slosh and flush. Yeah. Um, slosh and flush. The old me, slosh and flush is when you do a three-point <laughs> line puke. And you were you talking. Get, and you get nothing but bowl. No rim, <laughs> no seat. The old slosh and flush. <laughs> You were talking about masks earlier and you you wearing one around town. I April and I wrote a joke for this podcast maybe two or three months ago, right when the quarantine was maybe three months ago when the quarantine was beginning. Um, it was like the first week of the quarantine or something that we wrote this joke. And it was uh, about masks and how they're going to start to put advertisements on masks and they're going to put like people are going to personalize their masks. And yeah, we wrote yeah. like a, we wrote like a triple banger about it. And I yeah. never got around to doing the triple banger, but it's, it's actually happened. I mean, like I saw a Michael Jordan, uh, you know, swoosh. I, I, I don't know. No, the swoosh is the Nike sign, yeah, but yeah. the Michael Jordan logo on a mask the other day. Like it's just, uh, it, it's so crazy. How sometimes you think of these outrageous things um, and then they come to pass. Uh, sometimes they're funny, like the masks, other times they're not so funny, like Donald Trump being our president. But you know, it's it's. It, I mean, who's who's counting? Who's, who's counting? Who's, I mean, you know, who counts that? It's, it's, it's uh, ouch, ouch. I, uh, I, did, <laughs> I did not know that. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> so yeah, that's absolutely the case. Kate's friend, who's a fashion designer, is doing sort of couture masks, and Kate got one, and he made one for me. But that's happening. I mean, people. So they're specialized. Have, they'll have Gucci masks, and they'll have. G saw raw uh, raw mask and they'll just 
these cloth masks will go over the surgical masks. Yeah. And people will be doing that. And I, I don't, you know, my friend who played Nashville, Tennessee said no one was wearing a mask. They're still shaking hands. He had a packed show. Nobody in the audience was wearing masks. It's just, they're just pretending like none of this happened and their cases are going up right now. Yeah. Um, but it is, I think it's going to be weird in New York and pretty weird in Los Angeles for a while. I don't know about all of California, but pretty strange in Los Angeles for sure. Can we, before we go, can we just, can we do a tiny opinion? Just do a tiny, tiny opinion. Though they are in fact normal sized men, they have tiny opinions. I would love, let's make it a really small opinion. Let's do it. It's going to be a really tiny opinion. This one's going to be a teeny tiny opinion. Um, we talked on a previous episode about the a murder. Teeny, weenie, teeny, tiny, yellow weenie. polka dot bikini, bikini opinion. Opinion. Um, we talked about the murder hornets that are coming over yes. to uh, kill our bees. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much what they're doing. They're killing the bees. Um, you know, I, I don't want to victim shame here, but uh, have we heard their story, the murder hornets story? I mean, have we heard their their side of this? Because I mean, please get it together. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we don't we don't know what happened in the past between those two species of of, of bees or, or bugs. Um, do you think a good lawyer could get this thing? Do you think a good lawyer could get this thing down to maybe a manslaughter hornets? Like what murder hornets? Isn't that a little? It it's a little like extreme. A it's a little extreme. You know, as My they say in the right mafia. Be like, that is so insensitive that you would say that in the wake <laughs> of all the things that are going on. Yeah, you'd get Murder a text. becoming manslaughter. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, as they say. Yeah. But it's, it's between, look, it's between the bees and the hornets. As they say in the mafia, it's between the two families. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. But the murder hornets, to be fair, have a slight advantage over the honeybees. They do. Because I'm rooting for the honeybees. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't sound as strongly fearsome yeah. as murder hornets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Look, I'm rooting for them. Don't don't That's, get me wrong. I got to say, that wasn't as tiny of an opinion. It was a big one. As, yeah, it was a big uh, one. Say, so do you mind if I do a teeny tiny opinion? Okay. Okay. Hat brims. Curved. Flat. Or angled on either side. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is a triple banger lightning round question. This is a teeny tiny. Oh, it is. That's right. It's a tiny opinion. I, th- yeah, tiny. I think this is a banger. Do you give me three options? You give me three no, no, options. Because no, no, here's here's why it's so tiny. Here's okay. the teeny tiny opinion. Okay. What's your opinion? Hat brims, curved, flat, or sort of angled on either side. Sure. I think, <laughs> I think all three are, are fine. I mean, they're just yes, yeah, yeah. folks. That now that is a small fucking opinion. That is yeah. a tiny opinion. Yeah, I'll give you a teeny tiny opinion. Rule number one: How do I know you're not a cop? <laughs> that's a that's, oh, I can't believe that's a blast from the past, ladies and gentlemen. Really Jumping, snapping, bingo. John, do, Paul, George, and Ringo. Do you uh, do you have any triple banger lightning rounds? This is a classic. I do. I do have one. We're doing a classic. In the uh, opposite direction. Yeah, we're going the remix. What did we call this episode? Was it a remix or a uh, what was it called? Uh, a classic. We're jumping around. 
No, but we're jumping around. Oh, it's a wild card classic. It's a wild card classic. That's what it is. Triple bang lightning round. Question, question one. Question one. Triple banger lightning round. Uh, is it time to combine Smokey the Bear and Winnie the Pooh to get one fully clothed bear? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that is great. Um, yes. I mean, I guess I never thought about it. Does Smokey have pants and no shirt? Yeah, I mean, they're just not. I don't know why these bears don't dress but respectably. Does, does yeah. pants, no shirt? Is he rocking the pants, no shirt? I don't I'm know. I, right I'd have now, to, yeah, I, look it up right now. I think I think you really you've got it. You've got it together, Daddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I think Smokey Daddy came bear, home for Christmas. Yeah. I I think Smokey the Bear is Winnie the Pooh. We all know. Um, is. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, we all know, has, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Smokey has no shirt, and then he's wearing pants. And Winnie has, <laughs> Winnie, and Winnie has uh, shirt, no pants. Combine them together, and you get one adorable, <laughs> safety-conscious, fully clothed bear. Uh, good name for the, uh, the episode. It's a long one. But one adorable, safety-conscious, fully-clothed bear. Uh, Miles, uh, this is the name of the episode right there. Uh, Shout-out to Miles and all. Or, or it should be called right. a wild-card classic. What do you think? I mean, they're both funny. Maybe it's a um, wild-card classic, and then the subtitle is... Okay, let's do it that way, Miles. And by the way, Teach, I don't know if we've talked about this, but Miles is single-handedly... Saving our podcast because this audio from the way that we're doing it online, it is in it's in fits and starts. Um, I mean, I send him like 16 files for one episode because it keeps crashing. Um, sometimes it burns. Other times it uh, we freeze. I have to make notations for when we're freezing and then he fixes that. Miles works so hard on every episode. It takes him hours. Uh, we we really, love you, Miles. We really appreciate what Miles does. Twelve and a half, I think, appreciate it as well. And it must drive him crazy. I seriously, Teach, I send him like 30 notes per episode because there's so many audio and technical problems and he fixes all of it. So thank you. Thanks, buddy. And thank you, Cash, for having me as a guest. I like you. You've always been one of my favorite guests. I got to tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, you've, I appreciate you're it. One of my absolute favorites. Um, let's do one more triple banger lightning ground. Ground. Let's do a lightning ground classic. Lightning ground is when you ground <laughs> the lightning round so that you don't get electrocuted from the brilliance of the triple banger. Uh, Heinz. Time to release 58. I mean, what would it be? I mean, they've been stuck on 57 for a while. They have. But I, in my yeah. opinion, and I don't see it around much anymore, in my opinion, Heinz 57 is the best of all of them. I mean, they make a good Yeah, no, you're right. Hunts is a great catch-up. There's a lot of good, but Heinz, there's nothing like Heinz 57. And it's the best on uh, chicken tenders. Any kind well, of chicken. I agree. And to and to the point, by the way, to to this point, you know how when you order a Coke, they'll say, "Is Pepsi okay?" Which is the biggest insult to Pepsi that anybody could ever yeah, it's do. Kind of sad. And it happens. It's sad that that happens so many years later. I don't think Pepsi's bad, but I it is really insulting. 
to that brand. Yeah. Now, no one says, when you order ketchup, no one says, is Hunt's okay? I know. But, you know, Heinz. You don't say Heinz. You don't say bring the Heinz. You say bring the ketchup. Yeah, and you're expecting to be Heinz. But I love, Heinz makes all these things that you would never know, like um, uh, Heinz vinegar. Uh, you know, there's, I, I love their pickles and relish, but they make baked beans. They make gravy. Can you imagine that? But their specialty sauces, which one of them is the Heinz 57 sauce, they have 57. And again, I'm actually going to buy some of this because I love it and we've been cooking so much. Um, Heinz 57 is, uh, they have with honey, they have just the sauce. Um, they have, uh, there's a lot that just say Heinz 57 sauce, different packaging. Um, but you know, here's the things that you don't think about when you think Heinz chili sauce. Have you ever had Heinz chili sauce? No. And then have you ever had a uh, Heinz cocktail sauce? I didn't even know. No, I didn't even know they did that. They've so got, maybe, that, maybe that's fine. Maybe those are Heinz 58 and 59. Well, no, I think they're in the forties. <laughs> that's the other thing. Which Heinz is there in the thirties where they're kind of running out of ideas. Tartar sauce. Heinz that's nine. What is Heinz sauce. nine? Heinz nine. Um, that's like their soy sauce. No one ever buys it. Heinz sauce. nine. I, they start in 1869. I would be really interested why they haven't said what are the different you know, is anybody listing uh, the level? But they kind of ran out of ideas around the 50s because they have something called delicious mayo chup. Yeah, that was okay. Heinz 23. Yeah. Mayonnaise and ketchup. They have cranch. Cranch, that's Heinz 4, yeah. No, I think that's ranch. And then <laughs> what What starts with a crud? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, let's get serious about that. This is... Heinz 12. You've oh, ever had Heinz ketchup 12? and ranch. Cranch. Yeah. Have you ever had Heinz 12? That's cucumber relish. Is that true? No. no. Yeah. Have you ever had uh, Heinz 9? It's just <laughs> urine in a bucket of sawdust. That's all. <laughs> well, um, let me ask you, though. When, when they say... Uh, mayo Q is mayonnaise and barbecue. When they say... Mayo yeah. must is mayonnaise and mustard. When they say is uh, when they say is 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 Pepsi okay? Have you ever said no? It's not okay. Well, I don't I don't really order soda, but I think okay. I've been with somebody who says no, that's okay. I'll just take a water. I mean, they just they yeah, would rather not have Pepsi. They would. That's actually I think that person that you're talking about is me because I've done that. You have done that, and why? I does have. It tastes. I just don't. I just different. sometimes it's just too sugary. I don't know. It's, I just don't like it as much, and sometimes I'm really in the mood for a Coke, but not a Pepsi. So that's the way. You know, that's the way the uh, you know, proverbial Hines, cookie Henry crumbles. Fifty-seven because he thought it was a lucky number. Hmm. Okay. It wasn't even. Yeah, it wasn't even. Uh, there aren't even fifty-seven varieties. Yeah. Ketchup or maybe horseradish. There were never 57 varieties of Heinz ketchup. It was just, I mean, that makes me really upset. But the Heinz 57 sauce reigns supreme. It's better than any other sauce. Better than A1 sauce. I'll say it right now, right here on the Wild Card Classic Pod. <laughs> subtitled one 
adorable, safety conscious, fully clothed bear. Crowed. God <laughs> damn it. I got all the way through that I said crowed because of the crunch. Heinz fucked me on this one. Because I said crunch, then I said crowed. Unbelievable. <laughs> Boop, 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 boop,